All right, my people, we are back. 21 Days of the Cross. I am with my wonderful, wild, whimsical, gracious, godly, grace-filled Grace Markwell. Grace, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling great, and I'm excited for today. We're in Unit 6, which is a little different than the units we've done, we've done before. So, Ben, will you explain where we're at and what's happened from uh, David until now? Yeah, so a lot of what we've been progressing through so far is the expansion of kind of the covenant of the Old Testament, right? Mm-hmm. Well, with David, it kind of hit its max. It kind of the, the fullness of what it was going to be in the Old Covenant was with David. And so there's a lot of things that happened between David and Jesus. And yeah. so what we wanted to do here is to this point, a lot of it's been God saying, this is what the relationship, this is the covenant, this is the parameters. But it has been a lot of, this is how the people responded, yeah. right? So... What we're going to do is we're going to actually kind of pause in the rhythm that we had been. And this is going to be more like a chronology mm-hmm. of what happened um, and the progression of reading. And so uh, let me connect some dots to get us to kind of to our first reading. And we can bounce back and forth. Yes, please so, do. <laughs> yeah. So after David, um, Israel went through um, the cycle of kings. So David and then his son Solomon. Mm-hmm. Um, Solomon, incredible, wise, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes problematically didn't always apply the wisdom that he knew. Yeah. Um, and so he you can you can know what's the wise thing to do, but not actually, actually do the wise thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the 12 tribes split at the end of his reign. Mm-hmm. Ten in the north, two in the south, north being Samaria, um, lower being Judah. Now, um, if you heard like the Samaritans mm-hmm. in the New Testament, that's where that concept and phrase comes from. Um, different kings for each kingdom, you know, kind of the northern and the southern. Um, well, what happens is that after a little bit of time, um, kings, and they're continually bad. They continue, like yeah. you said, do evil inside of the Lord. Um, and God sends prophets that says, hey, if you guys don't knock this off, like, there's going to become a consequence. There's going to be a consequence. I love you too much to allow you to continue to do this. Yeah. And sure enough, the Assyrians come in. Uh, timeline-wise, it's about 740, best we can tell, B.C., that the Assyrians become the world power. Mm. Um, they take out the northern kingdom. Mm-hmm. Uh, also on the world stage, the Babylonians then step in um, and kind of defeat the Assyrians for the world superpower. But the Babylonians go and they take out the southern kingdom somewhere 605, 586, somewhere kind of in that neighborhood of, of timeline. Yeah. Um, and the Babylonians take the people in the southern kingdom and export them out as well. And, and why this really is, is difficult to them is they're not trying to figure out what do we do, right. right? What do we do with this impending threat? What do we do now that we're in exile? Everything that we know revolves around um, uh, being a good Jewish follower of God mm-hmm. based on temple worship and yeah. all this kind of stuff. But again, continually rebellious. God forgives, rebellious, forgives, prophet, 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 knock it off, knock it off, knock it off, and eventually time out. Yeah. So yeah. that's the that's the really short layman's version of what happens as we're going towards um the, the first reading, which is in Second Kings. So tell us about what happens in Second Kings. Yeah, so in Second Kings, we um, are going to read two chapters, and this is really just the story of Judah getting taken into exile by Babylon. Like Ben was saying, Babylon was this superpower of the world, and they um, come in. God allows them to come in. It is the judgment that he had been warning his people of through the prophets, and he yeah allows them to come in. They take um, the Israelites off into captivity, and so there is no more temple for them to worship at, which means um, they were like, okay, well, that is how God dwelt with us, so like, where's God in all of this? Um, and I would really encourage you while you're reading this to just try to put yourself in their mindset of like, what do we do now? We've been promised this land 
but now we've been taken exile, meaning we are no longer in that land. Like, is God even still here? Yeah, and, and that was really difficult for them, right? So the second yeah. reading is in Daniel, um, which is really important because they're now in Babylonian mm-hmm. exile. So the Babylonians are actually pretty smart. They knew if we just take over this place, yeah. they're gonna there's going to be a rebellion. Yep. So they would take the smartest, the best, the brightest, the most gifted leaders, and they would export them and actually use them in their kingdom. Mm-hmm. But it created, like, again, a, a, a Israelite internal tension because everything it means to be a good Jew at this point revolves around temple and worship and those rhythms and those festivals um but uh in the middle of that um what you're going to read in this in this first chapter of daniel is how these people in exile and how god is still faithful unto his people he gives favor compassion um giftings even in their exile so even in punishment there is grace yeah yeah um, I just get to see the character of God in that, of his unfailing love, which is really what we've been talking about this whole time. And so then after that, we're going to jump into a couple chapters of Ezra. And Ezra tells the story, um, Ezra and Nehemiah, those go hand in hand. Ezra tells the story of the people being allowed to return to the promised land after being in exile. So they spend about 70 years in Babylon trying to figure out how do we follow God here? Is God even still here? Is he still listening and God allows them to return back to their homeland, back to Israel. Um, and so they begin to rebuild the temple once they're there so that they're like, okay, this is what it means to be a good Jewish follower of God. Um, we're getting the temple back. We are going to have God in our midst again. Yeah. But unfortunately, <laughs> that didn't mean they were going to be good. <laughs> didn't work out. Didn't it did work not out. work out. Um, we just see, again, they are rebellious. They continue to sin even once they're back in their homeland. Um, And God has a solution for them. Mm -hmm. And so they're probably expecting it to arrive on the scene right away. They're like, we're back. Now something's going to happen. But what we see is actually that God ends up being silent for 400 years. He doesn't even give them um, the prophecies of coming judgment like he had been. He is just silent for 400 years. And and we're going to pick up with that next week because you got to imagine at that point, right, they've been through kings and disobedience. They've been through exile, disobedience. They have been through kind of re integrating back into the place that they came from in Judah, Jerusalem, disobedient, and all of a sudden God goes quiet. So we're going to pick up with that next week. Um, But man, we really hope you enjoy this week.